0: It's good to see each of you today. Uh, I I just want to mention, I really appreciate all the questions and comments everybody had last week related to tithes. And please feel free, again, anytime I'm speaking after the service, come up. You can ask me questions and talk. I'm, I'm here to do that. Father God, I thank you for today. And God, give us more questions. Increase our hunger to know how to relate to wealth from a kingdom perspective, increase our desire for your true riches. Amen. well thank you all for coming back. It hasn't gotten too much smaller and I know it's winter. <laughs> thank I just want to make sure somebody was listening. I know it's summer people are vacationing and traveling and all that. but the last two times I talked about how we qualify for God's true riches. And true riches are everything that can only be obtained through the power of Holy Spirit. It's not something that's a natural talent. It's not something we can get any other way. True riches include faith, hope, love, the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit, healing, deliverance, and salvations. The world can give pieces of those from time to time, but true riches say you can have this in a dimension and a capacity that you cannot get anywhere except God's true riches. And then last week we talked that we access true riches by being faithful with what is not ours. And tithes are not ours. That's the portion that God has given to us that belongs to him. It's our rent for breathing earth on the planet. And we give it back to God. Tithes are 10% of our income from all sources. Offerings are giving above that amount. And tithes are given to the local church. Today I want to talk about the subject that got me started here before I talked about this other stuff, which is sowing and reaping that Hanny talked about a a month ago or so. If you've been in church for a while, you've probably heard about sowing and reaping in some way. It's about giving to God and God giving back to us is generally how we've heard that. Malachi 3.10, which is probably the only verse that most Christians know out of Malachi Says that if we bring the whole tithe in the storehouse, that God will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing that we are unable to contain. I hope that there's a lot of people here that have stories about how God has just extravagantly blessed us. But my guess is there's more people here that even if they had a season of blessing, they don't really live in a time of consistent blessing, that there's been more times when the floodgates have not opened and there has been no overwhelming blessing. So what I wanted to talk about today is reasons why when we sow, we don't reap. Because we all know, you know, oh, sow and we'll reap, but a lot of times we don't have that happen. So, if you don't get anything else from today, here's what I want you to go home with. Sowing and reaping are a lifestyle choice. We tend to see sowing and reaping as I gave my 10 bucks, where's my 100, God, or something like that. But sowing and reaping are a lifestyle choice, it's not an event, it's a process. a continuing stream of choices that we make and outcomes that we experience resulting from those choices. So today for your consideration, I'm gonna suggest three reasons why people do not reap what they sow. Maybe they apply to you, maybe you've got this all figured out, and if so, I really want you to come up here afterwards and tell me how you got it all figured out. Because I'm teaching out of someone on the journey as well. I have not got it figured out. There is a fourth reason, but I'm going to talk about that the next time I'm up here speaking. Sowing and reaping are a lifestyle choice. So there's three reasons that I'm going to give you today. One is we reap a good harvest because we sow good seed. Deep, right? Galatians 6-7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. World system calls it karma. Some of the New Agers say it's the circle of life. There's an old saying that says, what goes around comes around. Regardless of what you call it, we reap what we sow. This can either be fabulous news or tragic news depends on what we're sowing. What does sowing and reaping mean? This is really deep. I know you're going to be excited about this. If you sow corn seeds, you get corn. If you sow begonia seeds, you get begonia flowers. Aren't you glad you came today? Yeah, that that really deep stuff, eh? And yet when the Bible says we sow and we're going to reap whatever we sow, we don't always necessarily make that connection. Some people kind of have the belief, well, if I become a Christian and I sow, then I'm going to get good things back. Uh, Maybe, but not necessarily. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. This verse, this Galatians verse that says God is not mocked Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. That just kind of gets in my face. I don't know about you, but sometimes God is just so like, there's no wiggle room with this verse. This is what's going to happen, like it or not. I can't explain it away, rationalize it away. I can't try to find other verses that will offset it because there are none. Whatever. I sow, I reap. I will not reap a good blessing if I sow bad seed. I will not get begonias if I plant roses. Look at this verse again, Galatians 6, 7, but I also want us to look at verse 8 as well. Verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. In other words, God is making it really clear here. Don't kid yourself. Don't let somebody tell you otherwise. God is not mocked. You can't go, No, God, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not interested in that. He's going, No way. You cannot go there. A the man reaps what he sows. Well, we tried. Verse 8, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature he will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. An example, if I sow the seed of encouragement, I'm going to reap acceptance. If I sow the seed, a bad seed of criticism, I'm going to reap rejection. See, I can get either And I'll say this a couple times, what kind of seed are you getting now to put in to get results? We look at what we reap, and we can go back and see what we sowed. Like, this is a good news, bad news thing. When I was a corporate accountant, I received a transfer to a new position. Walked in, sat down with my new supervisor, who announced to me that she hated men. That's not good news on your first day in a new position. So, you know, you get transferred in a corporate job, they stick you somewhere, and so you got to kind of live with it. But I complained to God all the way home almost every day. More specifically, I complained about the way she treated me. It wasn't so much about, you know, working with her. It's like, okay, maybe, but the way she treated me. Well, all my complaining was sowing bad seed, so now work was no fun. I've always enjoyed work. I liked being an accountant. I know that's weird for a lot of people, but, you know, those of us who are enlightened understand. Thank you. Now, she did treat me badly. It wasn't about that. I was treated unfairly. You probably couldn't even do that in, in, the, in today's climate. She was not a good supervisor. Even the women that worked with her didn't like how she did her job. But that's not the issue because I still had the option of what kind of seed I wanted to plant in my work environment. Are you with me? It isn't about the environment. It's what am I planting? Well, at first I didn't say too much to Mary because I don't want to come home and, you know, make our whole night a complaining session. But... I was informed over the course of the next year that my ratio of complaint to encouragement was getting farther out of balance and it was going the wrong way, which basically says I was, I was complaining way too much about work. Well, finally Mary either had a revelation or a breakthrough or just got fed up and she goes, Rob, you got to change your declaration about your, your current work situation. This was like a Homer Simpson moment for me. It's like, don't, what have I been doing? Like how, you know, Oh, my gosh, for the last year, all I've been doing is sowing, complaining, negative seeds. No wonder my environment is so bad. So I agreed with Mary, repented to God about the complaining and all the bad seed, and I began to express gratitude for my job and blessing my supervisor. I truly confess, through my teeth, gritted, uh well, you know, it didn't start off good. I didn't immediately jump in and go... Bless you, I've got a five-minute prophetic word I just want to pour out on you. It's like, okay, God, you love this woman. You know, it was was weak. It was weak stuff when I started. For a year, I'd been sowing to my sinful nature. And what does verse 8 tell us? What does verse 8 tell us? I'm looking. (laughs) The one who sows to please his sinful nature, that nature will reap destruction. And I had spent a year sowing into getting that. I started changing and blessing. I started to please the Holy Spirit, planting good seeds. And six months later, in spite of a poor review that I got from her, I received a transfer and a promotion to a better place in the company. What are you planting? What was I planting? What do we plant together? We're going to reap whatever we plant. If you don't like what you're reaping right now in your life, look at what you've been sowing. We're not going to get roses if we've been planting weeds. Are you complaining about other people's behaviors or declaring God's good intention for them? Are you complaining about what you don't have or speaking gratitude about what you do have? Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. How about this one? You get up in the morning and you look in the mirror. Are you blessing or cursing the person you see looking back at you in the mirror? Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. Back to the finances. Do you grudgingly give a sub-10% contribution to God, or do you joyfully give back in tithes and offerings? What are you seeing in your life? You know, it takes a little while for stuff to grow, what are you seeing now? You look back six months, a year, two years from uh, ago, that's what you planted. Whatever you're reaping now, you planted, but you can change. What do you want your life to look like a year from now? Well, what, what you sow now is going to impact what your life looks like in a year. You with me? You can change or define what your life is going to be like, what's going on in here a year from now, simply by changing the seed quality that's going in. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So, one of the reasons that we don't see the kind of return that we want the outpouring of God's blessing is because we're putting bad seed into the ground another reason we don't see I'm sorry another reason we see a good harvest is because we pray every Christian knows we should pray by the way and Hanny when you listen to this this is for you we are going to have a consistent prayer get-together of some kind in this community that isn't just leadership, that isn't just those few prophetic function people that pray all the time no matter what, because we have a good harvest when we pray. So we're going to have one. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to change people's hearts. I don't know who he's going to raise up to do all this stuff. We're going to have one. Because God's intention for us, and if you're visiting for your church, God's intention is that we have a full harvest, a good harvest. There's two, again, this is going to be really deep. There are two primary things necessary for seed to grow, and one of them is water. If you don't water your stuff, those things, they just wither and die. You bring home flowers for your wife, and if you don't water them and keep them, they die, like, really quick. It's like, I used to think, I'll change. I used to think flowers were such a waste of money because they just died. Then I saw the blessing of the seed. When I planted them, I go, Oh, this is really good. Okay, we'll do it anyway. And then we can just buy some more. Water is necessary. Like water is to natural seed. Prayer is to our giving and the good seed we plant. Now, no farmer plants a crop of 500 acres and then goes on a world cruise. I planted. I'll be back next fall. I'm going to enjoy myself. They don't do that. Farmers are some of the hardest working people on the planet. The farmer constantly tends the soil where he's planted the seed. Make sure that there's water. Make sure that there's, all, there's no kinds of problems. They're there all the time. If there's no rain, she brings water to the to the, the, the land by pipe or by truck or however it's going to do because you've got to have water. The seed won't grow without it. And a wise farmer accepts farming as a lifestyle. You don't just have an event where you plant and then you come back and, and harvest nine months later. It's a lifestyle, a continuum so, what does prayer from a tithing Christian look like? Let's say you regularly give your tithe. I hope that if you don't, you will reconsider God's perspective on it because it's a pretty good one. But let's just say you tithe. Maybe sometimes you get a little bit excited and even give an offering besides. But you don't see a harvest. What do you do? Well, One of the things to look at is the seed that you planted, the finances that you planted, is it getting enough water, or is it giving enough prayer? We are wise to be watering through prayer our investments of money, time, and energy wherever we invest. When you take the effort to invest your energy, your wisdom, your intelligence, or your finances— we ought to water that amen for example I'm using the example because we're at City River City River you tithe which is a storehouse the local church if you do that that's good do you pray for City River do you water where your seed is planted do you pray for the people that lead your cell group Do you pray for the people who do worship? Worship is probably an under prayed for group segment of our church. And yet we devote easily a third, sometimes a little bit more of our service to worship. Do you pray for these people? Are we watering the seed that we planted when we gave tithes? Do you pray for the speakers that bring you God's word each week? By the way, if you haven't heard Wanda, that's another reason to come to the camp. Awesome. Do you pray for the children's ministry and all the people that are doing that? They're investing in your kids. Your kids know how to hear God's voice and pray for the sick and prophesy. They know how, to, how much God loves them and cares for them because of the people that are downstairs right now doing that. Do they get prayer? Are you watering the seed of the tithe that you put into our church? City River also gives money to help, like Mission GTA and all these other, like the relational network in our city. But do you pray for our city? Do we pray for wisdom for our leaders? Do we pray for uh, peace on our streets? We pay taxes there. We are offering some of what you give goes to the ministry in our city. Are we praying for our city? It needs water when we tithe. Are we praying for investors to come and spend money at our, and build things and bring business to our city? You give your time and your talent when you go to work. People or the company that employs you, do you pray for them? For wisdom? For creativity? for insights into upcoming market conditions and opportunities? Do you pray for favor for the people that give you your paycheck? Maybe you invest your time and your finances into your health and the health of your family. That's good. Do you pray for their health, your health, and your wellness as you age? You pray for them and bless the medical people that you go see. I think it was three weeks ago, maybe a month. I, I've shared with you, I, I go see a counselor every two weeks. I love going to someone who's paid to listen to me. I don't have a lot of people in my life that do that. Places I can go to do that. So I, I go see the, and I've been seeing him for a long time, and it's part of my mental health regimen. I've been seeing him for quite a while, and and, and, he, and he's getting up there. He, he's in his 70s, and he weighs a bit more than he really needs to weigh. And he's had some health issues for a while. Well, a, a month ago, I'll just say a month ago. It might have been six weeks. I don't know. A month ago or so, I went, and he was getting up to get down to his desk to write the next appointment, and he really had trouble getting up. I go, okay, Dr. Gibson, what's wrong with your knees? It's like you can't even hardly bend them. And he says, well, I've been getting injections in them for a while, but it's it's not time for another one, and I'm in so much pain. And we talk about God a lot, and he asks about my sermons, and he he. You know, he may really get converted to this whole Holy Spirit thing before we're done going there. But he is a Christian for sure. He's been a pastor and he's a Christian. But um, you could say I gave him a a more Holy Spirit perspective of how to interact with God and do Christianity. And he likes it a lot. Sometimes I think he should pay me for part of it or at least give me a discount. (laughs) Well, you laugh, but the other day he pulls out a verse and he says, okay, now how would you explain this thing? I go, okay, I, I'm here to talk to you about me, and you want me to, yeah. He gets up, so he's sitting down there, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, okay, do it now. So I just went up to him, put my hand on his shoulder, and said, God, you know Dr. Gibson has pain in his knees. There's no pain in heaven. Let there be no pain in Dr. Gibson's knees. Amen. He goes, thank you. He's so cute. He puts his hands out. He goes, thank you. I come back two weeks later, so two weeks ago, he said, before we talk, I have to say something to you. Last time, you prayed for me, and I went home, and I got up the next morning, and I had no pain in my knees. I've had pain in my knees every time, every step I walk for two decades. And I remembered that you put your hand on my shoulder and said, no more pain. And he said, I have no more pain what if we started to invest in the people that we have influence with what if we started to pray over the the direct input of our ties which is this community but also the community that we impact by the way I saw him two weeks later and he still got no pain yay God yeah, give God a round of applause. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. What if that became the norm because we tithe without complaining, but recognizing what we do with the tithe in our offering opens up the opportunity for true riches. And that's what we're looking for. Anybody can make money. True riches change people's lives. wonder where I left my notes off at let's try here this whole issue of prayer really matters a lot Ephesians 618 you can look at it later you can turn there or whatever but it, notice one word that shows up a bunch Ephesians 618 says and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. There is something about prayer, and when we start to water seed that we planted, whether it's your counselor that you've been seeing for 15 years or somebody you just met at a, at a um, restaurant. We were fortunate to be able to have um, David Erickson, who is our, uh, our pastor, our pastor, our missionary in Indonesia. Thank you. In Indonesia, he was up for a little short visit, and so uh, we met. A few of us met with him uh, last Thursday night, and then Friday I took him out to breakfast. And we were, we just went into this place and, and um, asked the server their name, her name, because I generally ask what the server's name is, and it sounded Persian to me. I don't know if it was or not, but you know we've been having a lot of Persian stuff happening here, and people getting saved, and especially from Persia. So I thought, well, okay, this must be a God thing. So I said, okay, give me a word, and I'll give it to her. Well, I don't remember what the word was because my job is to deliver it. But I gave her this word, and she starts crying. So it's my server getting, you know, and, and God comes. She goes, what's going on inside me? And I go, that's Holy Spirit. It's God saying what you're hearing is true to what's happening in your life right now. And she goes, I've never had this happen ever in my life. this is really God? I said, yeah, this is the real deal. She goes, I don't even know what to do with this. It's so overwhelming to me. Then she looks at the bill and she goes, this one's on me. It's like, that's the only thing she could do. So, you know, here's a little side benefit you may get if you prophesy and bring Holy Spirit. They may even pay for your meal. So just, just a thought. So, yeah, I'm going to go back there next Friday. We're going on a date. If Mary can't go, I'm going to get somebody else, but we're going back there, and we're going to talk to her again and see if she wants to, like, meet the guy who came and encountered her last week. Prayer all the time waters the seed that we planted with our tithe, which opens up true riches to us. If we're not praying into the things where God has opened up opportunities then we're not keeping the ground watered the way it needs to be. Third thing, we reap a good harvest because we have faith and don't give up. Galatians 6, 7 again says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary in doing well, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. He says, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Most of us, when we are praying for or putting our tithe in and trying to invest in the kingdom and trying to get our kingdom finances worked out, we somehow got the idea, okay, I put my tithe in. I didn't get anything back from God in two weeks. I guess it doesn't work and God doesn't want to bless me. If there was a pot sitting here instead of this cup, with dirt in it, I take seeds and stick it in there, and we come back next week, is there going to be anything in there? Dirt and seed. That's all that's going to be in there. There won't be a plant because it takes time to grow. And yet, somehow with this whole sowing and reaping thing, we seem to think we should have an immediate response from God that's bigger than what we put in there. This is probably for next week or somewhere down the line. But, you know, there's a verse that says, in the measure that you use to give, it will be given back to you. There's a story I heard a long time ago about this beggar who was sitting here, and all he had was a bowl of rice, and he's sitting there begging for food. Well, the, 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 the prince comes up, and he said, give me your rice. The beggar's sitting there thinking, (laughs) you're the prince, you've got everything, and I've got this bowl of rice. Give me your rice. So the guy reaches in, picks out three little kernels of rice, and gives it to the prince. The prince turns around, picks up a bag of gold, reaches in, gets three little nuggets of gold, gives it to the beggar, and leaves. What's the beggar thinking? I should (laughs) have given him the bowl, it's just rice. In the measure that you give, it will be given back to you. Your income is not determined by you, it's determined by God. Who chooses to say the measure that you use to give is how I'm going to give it to you? We actually end up deciding the measure that we're going to get back. The measure that we pray, the measure that we use the gifts that we've got, the measure that we walk in maturity, the measure that we pursue wisdom and understanding. We determine what comes back. I don't know about you, but I want to get like a dump truck. Here, here's my time, God. Of course, I'm going to give you time. Here's my emotional energy. Of course, I'm going to give that to you because, in the measure that I give to you, you're going to give back to me. Are you with me? In the proper time, nobody wants to harvest corn in January. Why? Because it isn't ready. We want to harvest it at the time it's ready. Some of us have planted, and then we turn around and dig the thing up in two weeks and go, this corn's no good. It's not even corn. It's still seed. We dig some more up a little bit later. Tiny little, this is no good. There's a time and a season for all the stuff that God wants to do with us. When we invest, he says, it's going to come back if we don't give up. The second thing that's necessary for the seed to grow is sunshine. During the spring, the farmer's looking for sunshine to start bringing the the crop into maturity. You know, This year we had kind of a cold uh, spring, rainy. I remember the news even talking about the farmers were getting concerned about the quality of the the harvest that was going to come. But then we got what we have now. And all of a sudden, wow! we had peaches the other night. So good because they're so fresh. We didn't know if we were going to get them right away. Faith is sunshine to the promise that God's given us. Faith is the sunshine that we apply to our ties. It does two things in the reaping, sowing and reaping cycle. First, faith doesn't give up. Faith says, I put it in the ground. I know it's coming at the right time. I can't see it right now. I hope it's there. But right now, I know it's going to come at the right time. See, the farmer looks out at his field in mid-December, what's he see? Dirt. But he knows. he has faith that come September or August, there's going to be a crop. He knows he planted good seed. He knows he's tended the ground. For some reason, we've got the idea that if we don't see an immediate return from God on whatever it is we're doing, we're praying for healing, we're praying for financial blessing, we're praying for breakthrough in our family, we're praying for salvation, that if we don't get the answer in the next 15 minutes, well, I guess God didn't really want to do that. Yes, he does. He says you will receive a harvest if we don't get weary Are you willing to pray a little bit longer? Are you willing to contend a little bit more? We give an offering and expect our spiritual gift to flourish like next week. No, it takes time to develop and mature in your spiritual gifts. Worship team, awesome people, you know they didn't stand up to the keyboard None of them, as Mozart, sat down and just played a concerto out of their brain. They developed it. The seeking of God that they do in this thing, it took a while to learn how to do that. Thank you, guys. Nobody here would expect to put the seed in the pot and see next week a full-grown plant. And yet, a lot of times we do that because we don't have faith applied to our seed. Now, sometimes God does the extravagant. Kenny, this is for you for you guys. The first time, I, I never wanted to travel. It's really crazy because my last um, passport, I had to get extra pages. I never wanted to travel. The first time um, I was in, asked to, to be a part of a ministry team in Malaysia, I didn't want to go. And Mary said, you got to go. This is such a God thing. And I and. Some of our good friends are going, Rob, this is such a God. I had to go get a passport to even go. <clears throat> I go, you know, God, I'm going because I think this is you. But, I, you know, this is, this is not my thing. I like staying home. I like, you know, teaching people and all that kind of stuff. But, but I'm going to go. And, and I went and I had a good time. And God did all kinds of amazing stuff. On the way back, I'm, I'm flying. It's like, oh, work tomorrow. Okay, God. But, but this was a good trip, and, and I bless you for that. Sometimes God will go over and above just to let us know he can do that to give us confidence to believe. I land, Mary picks me up, we get home, it's about 9 o'clock. The alarm goes off at 6 in the morning because I had a long early drive back then. My alarm goes off, I get in the car and I'm driving to to work, and I'm totally coherent. I had zero jet lag after a 15 and a half hour flight plus a 7 hour layover in Korea. Zero the first time. Why does he do that? I've never had it since then. I prayed and fasted and begged God for for no no jet lag. Every time I get jet lag. The first time he didn't. Because sometimes he'll give us something to stand on that says, yes, God will take care of me so I can pray and contend for when I don't see the immediate result. Hopefully all of you have a number of stories of when God went against the sowing and reaping thing and said, nope, you can have it right now. But he just does that to encourage our hearts to go, you contend, you will reap if you don't give up. At the proper time, God knows when this is supposed to happen. He knows his design for us. He has a good plan for your life. Amen. To bless you and prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. He knows when you need this stuff. We tend to think, I need it right now. No? Am I the only one? I always want my prayer, like, right now. Maybe you guys are better at this than I am. Come up and tell me how you got this patient thing going. Luke 18 says, it's a parable, and says, pray and never give up. The second thing that faith knows, there will be a harvest and takes action. It prepares it. The farmer knows harvest is coming. What the farmer does is gets all the equipment ready, goes to the barn, gets it all, you know, oiled and whatever they do to get things all ready. They're not harvesting yet. They haven't got one bit of crop, but they go and prepare all that. They get the workers and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's where the shifts are going to be. Take extra days off now because we're going to work like crazy when harvest comes. They talk to the people who are going to buy the products. They say, okay, I got 500 acres. Here's the the stuff I've got coming. How much of this do you want? I want to get it lined up ahead of time. We'll get the trucks to make sure you get it. They do a lot of work ahead of time. They're preparing in faith for something that hasn't actually happened yet. God says the same thing of us. There's a story in 2 Kings 4. Elisha goes to the house of a widow. She's got zero, nothing And Elisha says, go get all the jars you can find. Here's her faith test. Is she going to say, oh, I don't have anything. God's just got to pour it on. No, he said, go get empty jars. And she went and got empty jars, brought them back, as many as she could get. And Elisha starts to do the miracle, starts pouring and fills them all up. But her part was the preparation of getting the jars. Jesus says to men, Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. What was the man's part? He had to stand up and walk. I remember I prayed for a lady one time who had broken her leg and couldn't walk well at all. And, and um, prayed for it and she goes, it's not healed. I go, how can you say it's not healed? You didn't even try it. Get up and walk. I, 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 used, I quoted that because it seemed like a really good thing. You, know, you quote Jesus, it tends to be a good idea. I said, get up and walk, and she she got up, and and she kind of was walking, and, and then it got strong, stronger, and stronger, and stronger. Then she did a lap around the church. God healed her. But she had to get up and start. When we are moving in faith, there will be things that God tells us to do to start the process. We engage our faith in the process. What sort of faith action is God calling you to now? It might be to start or restart tithing to position yourself to be able to receive true riches. It might be to research and develop a new interest so you can have a relationship develop with your adult child that now it isn't working very well. Maybe that's your faith process. We're praying, come to Jesus. We want them to meet Jesus. Well, maybe your step is to cultivate relationship. Okay. It might be doing a personal Bible study on how to not live with any stress. Jesus has cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. That means God's intention for us is zero stress. I know that's weird in our culture, but in kingdom culture, he says zero stress. So maybe he's saying for your health as you age, I'm going to take you on this journey of learning how to live without stress. What's the personal preparation that God is calling you to as a part of the time between you sowed your prayer, you sowed your finances, you sowed your energy, you sowed your, your, um, your passion and the time that you reap there is a faith component that enters into this God tells us very clearly we will reap what we sow what are you sowing where are you sowing it are you sowing to the size of the harvest you want I've been fortunate to lead three people to Jesus in the last, I don't know, six weeks or something like that. Well, that's a lot for me. But I started talking to people about Jesus in a different way. My little server encountered God. Next week, she's going to get the opportunity to meet him. Because that's part of changing what I read. I want to reap people coming into the kingdom. I like being able to teach people once they get there. I want to reap people coming into the kingdom. We will reap what we sow. What's coming out of your mouth? What are you sowing into the lives around you? What are you sowing to that person you see in the mirror every Sunday, every day? Next week... I'm going to talk about another way to help us have and reap a good harvest. It's a little bit more complex. It has to do with rebuking the devourer. So not next Sunday, whenever I speak again, I don't know how many times Hanny's going to talk in between, but whenever I'm up here next time, we're going to talk about rebuking the devourer. So what do we kind of learn today? We reap a good harvest because we sow good seed. We reap a good harvest because we pray And we reap a good harvest because we have faith and don't give up sowing and reaping is a lifestyle choice father i thank you for this amazing group of people i thank you for people who have faithfully sowed and god that i i ask that your holy spirit would plant a new hope in people who have been sowing and not seeing a return that in their quiet times they would connect with you to say hey Let's add a little more prayer here. Let's talk about the way you're talking about yourself when you look in the mirror every morning when you get up. God, whatever it is to help each person here, I ask that you would bring it to attention and forefront. I speak to your spirits in Jesus' name and call you to attention to the thing that the Holy Spirit is saying. Do this and it will change the harvest. May the Lord bless you and keep you this week as you pursue again the true riches that God has for you. Amen. Have a great week. Have a harvest-filled week. Amen.